These are scary times. We're being told to stay away from each other, to stay inside, and to do it for weeks, potentially months, all while more people are getting sick and the economy is grinding to a halt. We've never been in a place like this before. COVID-19 is the public health crisis of our lifetimes. It's normal to feel afraid. But concern cannot become despair. Instead of fear and panic, let's face this with courage, with good information and precaution, with kindness, and with hope. Welcome to Metro Health's Prescription for Hope. We are dedicating this season to COVID-19, and we will work hard to help our community through this crisis. We'll do it by sharing information, resources, inspiration, whatever we can. First things first, we need to know the basics about the coronavirus, and there's no better place to start than with Dr. Brooke Watts. Um, my name is Dr. Brooke Watts. I'm uh, the Chief Quality Officer and uh, the Vice President for Quality, Safety, and Experience here at the Metro Health System. Um, Can I cough? Of course. Of course. <laughs> it's not COVID. Yeah. I have asthma. And you coughed in your elbow. Yeah. Way that way. Um, so I, we just go over a, a you know, do a, a coronavirus, COVID-19, 101, just the sure. basics. Um, what is uh, coronavirus? Sure. Um, coronavirus, or by its official name, um, COVID-19, that's C-O-V-I-D-19, um, is a kind of, is part of a family of viruses. There are several different types within that family, some of which are quite common. Um, 20 to 30% of what we think of as traditional colds are caused by viruses in the coronavirus family. What's unique about this particular virus is that we've never had it before. So it is a new virus. And when we think about um, um, these types of viruses, normally we would expect that different people would have resistance, right? We get immunity, that's part of the, the patterns that we have um, within um, human spread. But this virus we've never seen before. So everybody's getting it brand new and it's quite contagious, um, like many respiratory viruses are. Um, so when everybody gets sick at the same time, um, regardless of how strong or weak the virus is and impacting us, um, it, can, it can cause a lot of problems with the healthcare system. Most cases of the coronavirus are relatively mild, most common symptom being fever. Um, also sort of this sort of dry, dryish cough, lower respiratory kind of cough, um, and some, uh, in some cases, development of shortness of breath. And um, those, those, uh, those symptoms are very nonspecific. We think about them with any virus. And, and one of the questions I keep getting asked well, is, how will I know if I have the COVID-19? And I kind of I say, eek. You know, it looks like the flu, flu in some ways um, with the fever uh, and potentially the, the cough. Um, so very nonspecific symptoms. For most people, if you get these symptoms, the number one thing to do is to stay home 
you know, you, you, you may very well, you don't need medical care just for a fever as long as you're eating and drinking and doing okay. You just need to do all those other things that you usually like to do at home when you feel sick. And everybody's got different things. You know, if it's your favorite blankie or, you know, the TV show you want on the couch or if you're someone who likes to take over-the-counter medications, you know, drink tea, whatever it is, that's up to you. It's those usual conservative things because like most viruses, we don't have a treatment for it other than supportive care. So if you get sick, number one thing is to stay home. Um, When we talk about self-quarantine, that usually means that you shouldn't be sleeping in the same room as someone else. Um, If you can, we'd prefer that you use a separate bathroom. So I was joking with some folks, this is time for somebody to go live in the man cave in the basement (laughs) if there's a bathroom down there. Um, And really to stay um, at six feet from your your family members as much as possible. Wash hands for everybody that's involved. And if you do have to care for someone directly who's ill for whatever reason, it's important to have both a mask, uh, really a mask on the patient. Number one, just those regular surgical masks. um, And also um, preferably a mask on the caregiver, a lot to hand washing. Um, And we encourage people to do that for um, the duration of their symptoms and then at least for 72 hours after the symptoms stop. Um, And if you notice, John, I didn't say anything about testing in there, right? And the reason I didn't say anything about testing is it doesn't, for people who are mild to moderate cases, it just doesn't change anything. If you're sick, you know, we, in, in, regardless of what the virus is, whether it's COVID-19 or the flu, and you're doing okay, our recommendations are going to be the same. So I know everybody wants or feels like they want an answer. Is this COVID-19? Is it not? I would say I'm not sure that it matters. And I hope we can get people to thinking like that because I do think that the risk of going out while you're sick and potentially infecting others don't outweigh the benefits. Because the testing doesn't change what we do, we really need people to think about this pragmatically. And that means stay home, take care of yourself. We need to reserve the testing for very specific circumstances, and I'll explain that. So when people get very sick and come in the hospital, um, and because these things are so nonspecific, it's often very difficult to tell the difference between something like a COVID-19 infection or a viral infection and a bacterial infection or even a fungal infection. So we need to be able to use the testing for those, those sick patients as for diagnosis. It's part of making sure we know exactly what's wrong with them because we have to give them the right kind of treatment. If it's COVID-19, it's supportive care again. But if the COVID-19 is negative, then we're really looking for other kinds of causes that we can treat and we don't want to miss. So it's a very different circumstance than for people who have mild to moderate symptoms because we're not going to do anything else. Does that that make sense? How, How can... How contagious is this? Um, we think it's, um, these are broad strokes, and honestly, things have been changing quite a bit as it have evolved. Uh, we think it's probably more contagious than the flu. Um, flu is pretty pretty contagious. Everybody has used to, I've probably been seeing in the press, those R, R numbers mm-hmm. that rec- represent um, the degree, how many other people you might infect if you're infected. With COVID-19, I've been seeing those numbers bounce around quite a bit. Um, so at this point, I think I'd just be comfortable saying that it's probably more infectious than the flu. And, and we seem to, from from around the world, that, that it, it depends on your age too, right? How, how this affects you. Yes. So the distribution of ages of people who get a, a, um, 
acquired the infection, there's some good data out of, out of China, is fairly well distributed. The only thing that we do know is that a lot less kiddos, lots less children seem to be infected than we traditionally think about with something like the flu virus. And I know, and you're probably well aware, there's been a lot of particular um, um, concern about our older folks that it does not appear to be that they're getting the infection more commonly. Um, the last data I saw to China said it, it was about 15% of cases were aged 80 or older. Um, the challenge there seems to be that it's more life-threatening to people who are older. For what reasons exactly, we don't know. Certainly we know that immune systems can, can somewhat weaken as you age. And also if you have other kinds of chronic conditions, heart disease or lung disease, it may just make it harder for you to withstand um, the impact of the illness. I mean, certainly we do see a similar pattern in the elderly in flu and deaths from influenza um, that does seem to strike particularly in older folks. Um, and for context, I think everybody has sort of maybe hit this home by now, but I believe we had 19 deaths from influenza purely in Cuyahoga County alone this year. And again, there's a, you mentioned some of the prevention. Can you kind of just go through uh, a bunch of bullet points on how do we prevent this from spreading? Sure. So number one is social distancing. And what that means is trying to minimize um, what you're really trying to do is not spread droplets. And that's what comes from sneezing and coughing um, that we get on our hands or otherwise and then transmit through our mucus, mucus membranes. Those are the most common ways. I know, it, 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 again, it feels a little overwhelming in the press because everybody's getting down on these really minute details that might account for one tiny percentage of this and that. And I think we're losing sight of the big picture here. The big picture is that we're trying to minimize the kinds of contacts where people are in large group settings or you know, having lots of different contacts with different people where you might have the opportunity to acquire and transmit this in a way that, that makes other people sick. We talked a lot about hand, so we talked about social distancing and sort of minimizing interactions. And if you do have to go out for groceries or whatever, you know, I, I really think this toilet paper thing is a little funny, so <laughs> I'm not sure what we're doing there. But um, you know, it's washing your hands, trying not to touch your mucous membranes, and really trying to go at times or spread it out so that we're all not clumped together. I'd be really cautious about getting in large groups, you know, large groups of people, compact lines where everybody's sort of together. That, that that isn't social distancing. So wipe your cart down. You know, I, it's probably not a bad idea for most people. If you're, um, you know, if you're washing your hands regularly with soap and water, it's really good. Um, and if you're using the hand sanitizer, when your hands are sticky with that hand sanitizer, I mean that that's usually a sign that that you've still got it, got it there. So it's using best, it's really using common sense and best practices. Can we talk real fast about washing hands? Does it yeah. matter? Can I use a bar of soap, liquid soap? Uh, does water have to be cold? <laughs> <laughs> Or warm. Or These hot. are things I'm. I'm not stressed about this. <laughs> I would say wash your hands. Do a good job. <laughs> doesn't matter what soap. Doesn't matter which water. We say 20 seconds or more. And the point of the 20 seconds isn't that there's something magic about the 20 seconds. What we're really trying to get people away from is that old, you know, that just fast run under the water with not a lot of soap. We want people to be conscious about actually cleaning their hands. But there really isn't any magic to it. Any soap and water for any reasonable period of time is going to be helpful. 
Um, and I know there's been a big run on hand sanitizer and they're very convenient for things like you mentioned, like the grocery store when you might wanna just clean your hands before and after you're going in. Um, but in general, these are not necessary to, to kill the virus. Good old fashioned soap, soap and water is just fine. And to my knowledge, there's not, we haven't run out of bar soap yet. So, so hopefully uh, it'll be there for, for the long term for us. But then not touching the mucous membranes, which for us is that T-zone, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, really not trying not to touch your face with your hands is another, another important way to stay safe. And they call them high touch surfaces, handles, uh, doorknobs, uh, uh, stair rails. Yeah. Should we be washing those too? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, in areas that are high touch, high volume, so where we have a lot of different people touching them, I do think we need to think carefully about cleaning those regularly. We are certainly doing that here at Metro Health. You know, if you're home on, um, you know, on sort of your home quarantine piece, and it's you and just you know your spouse in the house. I'm I'm not totally sure you need to go around every day cleaning every high touch surface. Um, that's really not the point. What we're talking about surfaces that are touched by a lot of people that might have different kinds of things on them that can can potentially be transmitted. You know, I'm really mostly worried about this droplet piece, which has more to do with human to human contact. And again, it's hard to sort out. You know, we're raising it because we're spending so much time talking about this and so much in the media. We end up talking about all these different pieces. And I hope we come back to just focusing, you know, keep focusing on the, the sort of the main points, which are really just this social distancing, wash your hands, and everything else is helpful. But I think those are the things that we can really focus on to keep us safe. Thank you for coming down here. And, and thank you and, and everybody else for what you guys are doing. This is who we are. Thanks for listening. We'll be back regularly with new episodes. Please subscribe so they show up directly in your feed. Talk to you soon.